There's a snap. There's a kick. It is up. It is no good. No one missed. I think we got a heck of a shot of winning. We beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. Eli Manning stays on his feet, airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. For all you non-believers, disrespect us. Talk crap about the defense like we're the third best defense in the league. See you in Pittsburgh. Can't wait. Fitzpatrick. Enzo. Eric Decker holds it in. The Jets win in overtime. And the New York Giants, given last rights by many in December, are the Super Bowl champs in February. This is NFL Friday. Going long on all news, reaction, and game picks for the Giants, Jets, and across the NFL on WFUV Sports. What is going on, everybody? Welcome into another edition of NFL Friday here on this Friday, November 12th of 2021. It's actually my sister's birthday today, so shout out to my little sister. Happy birthday to her. And it's been a month since I've been on this program, actually a little over a month. And look, for my, my loyal fans out there, what can I say? I apologize. You know, Fordham professors, they're great. But of course, we got a lot of work, midterms, projects, et cetera. So my, my schedule hasn't been that open, but I am thrilled to be back on here, mainly so I can yell about the Jets. But you know what? This week, I do not think I'm going to be yelling at the Jets, at least not on this Friday, because you can call it a return if you want. I don't really know how else to describe it. But Mike, and it's a podcast, so I can say this, Mike effing White is starting for the Jets on Sunday Let's go play that gift of him in the end zone after the two point conversion, doing the little the shake, whatever that was. Thrilled to be talking about that jet game. We're also going to be breaking down Odell Beckham to the Rams, Cam Newton going back to the Panthers to replace former Jets quarterback Sam Darnold. I think the Jets were vindicated in that trade, but we'll break that down a little bit later. And of course, we'll also be doing a pick em segment like we always do. And here to do it with me this week is Lou Orlando. Lou, how's it going? I'm doing great, man. Listen, Giants have a bye week, so nice. I get to take it back, relax, watch some great football. So no complaints over here. Excellent. And also, of course, as we have every week, it's important. We all play fantasy football, so we got to have our fantasy expert on. And we have Will DeFusco joining us today as our fantasy football expert. Will, how's it going? It's going well. I got some stardom, some sit a sleeper for you guys, and uh, I'm just excited for a good week of football. Uh, yeah, I think looking forward to that advice. Look, my fantasy team is eight and one, so I don't need a lot of advice. All right, people. Team, it's pretty good. <laughs> it's, my team's called the Book of Mormon after Zach Wilson. Okay, changed up the team name this year. I obviously have God's power on my side, evidently, but uh, hey, no, look, I, I, I always appreciate fantasy advice, even though my team is is doing somewhat well right now. But you know what? Before we get into the fantasy advice and before we get into some league-wide topics, do our pickums. let's start off with my pride and joy, the thing that causes me so much agita but so much uh, happiness when things go well, and that is the New York Jets, who, of course, will be taking on the Buffalo Bills this weekend at home at MetLife Stadium. I will not be there, unfortunately. I am Jets beat reporter, but because I am a kind caring human being i've decided to give our friend nicholas deluca the opportunity to cover his buffalo bills in person so i won't be there nick will be covering so make sure you follow him on twitter but that being said jets are coming off an embarrassing defeat at the hands of indianapolis colts giving up 40 plus points 
the defense getting gashed again, the offense putting up 30 plus. So, I mean, Hey, the offense overall these last couple of weeks will flare up in the booth. It seems to be improving, whether it's maybe because of the quarterbacks is in there. We can get into that in a second, but look, the Jets, two wins on the season. This is not a team that seems like they're going to make the playoffs. Obviously, this is not a team contending for the division. Frankly, this is a huge game for the Buffalo Bills. Coming off a loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars, the New England Patriots are within a half a game of first place. They are right there. So, you know what, Lou, let's start with you as we kind of look at this game. And obviously, I want to take it more from a Jets slant. But, you know, as we look at this game here, what's something that you're keeping your eye on from a Jets perspective and uh, what's really drawing your attention to this game? Well, I think just the fact that the Bills are coming in off a loss that I don't think anyone imagined could happen. They lose to the Jaguars. Like, that's a game I had as a lot. Like, the Bills have that down easy. For them to come in and lose that game, and now they get the Jets here. Like, you would think the Bills are going to come into this week prepared, but, I mean, I mean, I didn't think they were going to lose to the Jags. So, I think if, I, if I'm looking at this from a Jets perspective, I'm like, let's, let's knock the Bills down a peg. Let's show the league that they're not all they're hyped up to be. Well, I don't know if you have any thoughts on this. What do you think? Yeah, well, I mean, I picked the Bills minus 14 and a half last week. (laughs) Obviously, that didn't work out. And uh, the Jets this week, I think this is – the Jets don't need to win this game. But I think with Mike White back, if he has a good game, it could raise some real questions about the Jets' quarterback situation. Yeah, look, this is – and we can break down a variety of things with this game. But let's start off like you you mentioned, Will, and that's Mike effing White. Because that's his name. That's what Ty Johnson (laughs) – I was there at the game in Cincinnati after the game. He says it's Mike effing white. And that's just sounds more appropriate that way. But look, obviously Mike white left the game against Indianapolis due to some kind of nerve injury. He said, you know, he couldn't really feel the ball. That's why he didn't come back in the game. Props to Josh Johnson, three touchdown passes. Very good game for him. Uh, practice squad quarterback. Once again, the Joe Flacco trade making absolutely zero sense. They just now have basically four starters on their roster more or less. So I, and I don't really get it, but you know, look, Mike white, was the first Jet quarterback to throw for over 400 yards in a game since my man, Vinny Testaverde, the, the local the local guy, New York Jets legend, Vinny, back in 2000. And he earned that starting against Indianapolis. And it's disappointing because, frankly, he was balling out again. Look, that first drive against Indy, Mike White has, you know, they, they moved the ball a bit. I'll give him some credit. But, of course, they ended up punting no points on that drive. Second drive of the game, though, Mike White takes the ball, leads the Jets down the field, ends up resulting in, I think it was about like a 20-yard or so touchdown pass to a wide-open Elijah Moore. You know, he's, he's dancing in the end zone. Things seem lit. We're like, I, I tweeted out, he's a stud. He's Mike White, which is, of course, the rallying call for this quarterback. And it, it was like, yes. We as Jet fans, obviously it had only been one game and a couple plays, but we finally were seeing some – the best – and I said this on our Jet segment that we have now, 10 minutes after touchdown. Check it out on the WFEV Sports YouTube page. But we were finally having that quarterback play we've been so desperate for. And I don't care if a guy's a number two overall pick or I don't care if he was a fifth-round pick like Mike White was. I don't care that he was – cut by Dallas, uh, you know, his rookie year. That doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is wins and performance. And the simple fact is Mike White was performing and he was performing at a high, high level. So for him to go out against Indianapolis, it was heartbreaking as a fan. I think it broke the teams back, frankly. I mean, look, the defense was getting gashed to begin the game anyway, but, you know, you can't deny the team loves Mike White, offensive players, defensive players. He has a swagger. Jets defense coordinator, Jeff Ulbrich mentioned that in in a press conference earlier this week. So, you could tell that going out, the team was deflated. So for me, it's very nice to see Mike get another chance because I think he deserves it. That being said, this is my concern. I want to hear your guys' thoughts as well. And I apologize for 
going off on a bit of a, a Jets rant here, if you want to call it that, but you get me talking Jets, I can go for 30 minutes uninterrupted. But this is what I want to know. So Mike White this week's playing the Buffalo Bills, who despite the fact that they played very poorly against the Jacksonville Jaguars, despite the fact they've been not the team they really were uh, last year, they still have a tremendous defense and they have a great defensive mind head coach is Sean McDermott. The offensive line is banged up and we can get into that in a second. But Mike White has, with that performance in C and frankly with the few drives in Indy, has earned the start. But now he's going up against one of the top defenses in the league. So he could very well struggle. But my question is, if he struggles, which a lot of quarterbacks do against the Buffalo defense, it's not just the fact that, you know, they're not good quarterbacks. Solid quarterbacks have not had good games against Buffalo, whether you want to say Lamar Jackson or, you know, Patrick Mahomes has struggled against Buffalo. Let's say Mike White struggles. Are we really going to be that quick to pull the trigger and put back in Zach Wilson? Because frankly, are we really sure that, hey, this wasn't just a quarterback going up against a great defense? Because next, the week after, they're playing the Houston Texans. And frankly, the Houston Texans are not a very good football team. So my question is, you know, how do they gauge when to take out Mike White? How do they gauge when to put back in Zach Wilson? Lou, let's start with you. Well, there's a lot to take in. I think first I want to backtrack and say you absolutely nailed it when you were talking about that Colts game because I think Mike White doesn't get hurt. We're talking about a whole new ball game because Mike White's basically been I, – I, Lou, I'll let you finish. The one thing I would say, though, and I don't mean to cut you off, but the one thing I will say, Jets offense still put up 30-plus points with Josh Johnson. Yeah. Absolutely. The defense, I, I think, I don't care if Joe Montana was the quarterback. The defense plays so poorly, I don't think they're ever going to win that game. But continue. I, I just go ahead, continue. No, and credit to Josh Johnson for the game he had. Again, another backup coming in, just being arguably better than anything Zach Wilson's done this year, which is disappointing, but it is what it is. But yeah, you talk about Mike White. And for me, it's more of just like, how, how does he look against Buffalo? Because if I'm correct, Buffalo has been one of the best, if not the best defenses against quarterbacks, against passing offenses, like Buffalo's defense is elite this year. So I think it's just a feel thing. If it's something where Buffalo's defense is, is just getting to him or there's just no open receivers, like, yeah, I'm, I'm down to let Mike continue to start. Uh, I don't know if you saw the comment from Rob Sala, but I think he said something along the lines of Mike White has a chance to play into a starting role here in New York. Yeah, I think I think the quote was, and I'm I'm paraphrasing, so this is not an exact quote, but it was something along the lines of, you know, Mike, you've shown that you can play in this league. Now show you can do it consistently. And I think that's a that's a big thing. Yeah, and I think you just you look at the way Zach Wilson's played and, and basically through up to this point, his QB rating is 63.5, which is not great. And you look at, you know, Mike White had a 107 in that first game. The two backups alone, when you combine them, have a QB rating over 107. So that, that starts to make you think, is, like, is, is the problem more Zach Wilson? Because now we've had two backups come in in the same system, same team, basically, and perform a lot better than what we've seen from Zach Wilson. And I get it. Zach Wilson's a rookie. It's tough. You have high expectations, but these backups are coming in and doing significantly better than how he's been playing. Well, well, I think like the, the issue with Sammy D all those years in New York was it was always the supporting cast. The supporting cast was to blame. That was the narrative. And now you're on to Zach Wilson and first seven games of the season, he has four touchdowns, nine picks again with the supporting cast. He's a rookie, but you see what's happening in new England with Mac Jones and Mac Jones doing pretty good right now. And the second and third string quarterbacks in New York have done very well. So I think it's more of a quarterback issue. I think it's Zach, a Zach Wilson, Wilson issue. And Mike White's got five touchdowns in a game and a quarter. Zach Wilson had four in six games. So I think you got to ride with uh, Mike White right now. 
Look, I think you guys bring up some good points. Uh, I, I still – there's a reason why the Jets drafted Zach Wilson number two overall. He showed that in the Tennessee Titans game. He's shown that in flashes. You know, I think a lot of Zach's struggles simply boil down to the fact that he's a rookie quarterback. You know, I think there's nothing more than that. Point, show me the rookie this year that's been lights out. None of them have. I know Justin Fields has kind of turned it on the last couple of games, but here's, here's, a, here's, a, here's the thing. Justin Fields has simply played more games than Zach Wilson because Zach Wilson's been hurt. Zach Wilson has only played really five games this season. I know he played a bit in the Patriots game, but I'm not really going to count that. You know, I was, you know, look, when they played that game up in New England and Zach got hurt, he looked pretty decent on those first two drives. He made a couple of plays. There was that PI call down the field on Elijah Moore to set them up, you know, near the goal line. Mike White ended up capitalizing because that's the play that Zach got hurt on. But, you know, the Jets have been coming out of a bye that week from all reports, and it's a practice. Like AI says, you know, it's just not a game, just practice. He was looking good. I thought – and. Joe Douglas said this. I thought Zach was about to kind of turn around a little bit. And of course, unfortunately gets hurt. You know, my, my philosophy is this Zach is the number two pick. He's, he's a, he's a rookie. He's only played five games. None of the rookies have really played that well. I would push back on the fact that the start, the, the starting cast or supporting cast, excuse me, has been subpar. I'm not, look, you look at this roster. There's not a Devonte Adams and Aaron Jones there, but look, they have a very solid wide receiver room. Actually the jets wide receiving room. It, it, I don't really remember the exact stat, but there's some kind of stat where like, the like the average target per receiver or something like they're number one in the league or something like that. I, I don't know. There was like some, there was some stat jets Twitter account put out about how like the receiver room has been performing very well. Look, Keelan Cole is very solid. You saw that crazy, which should have been a touchdown cast against the Bengals. Corey Davis has been hurt. I think he's a very solid player. Elijah Moore, the rookie has really been turning on his late a couple of touchdowns last week. He's looked really good. You know, Michael Carter, the running back has been a great dual threat out of the backfield. And look, a lot of the jets struggles, I think, especially on the offensive side of the ball had to do with the fact that they're starting rookies. They're starting a rookie at left guard. They're starting a, a, a rookie wide receiver. They're starting a, a rookie running back. You know, Things are going to be inconsistent. And of course, they were starting a rookie quarterback. So I think the Jets system, the offensive system, as they've shown, is very quarterback friendly. I think there's a reason why Mike White and Josh Johnson have succeeded. I think Zach, the problem is with him is he's a rookie, like I said, and also he gets too much caught up into playing hero ball. He wants to make the big splash plays. You know, one of the first things that Sal ever said this season was, you know, he's got to learn to play boring football after that loss to the Patriots. So even Zach has said as much. He's got to learn from Mike to kind of take things slow, do the checkdowns when they're there, don't force things when they're not, and then take the big plays when they do come up. So my whole philosophy is, look, continue to start Mike White until he plays himself out of the job. Even when Zach is healthy, the team obviously is rallying around Mike White. You hear about the fact that they're chanting his name in the locker room. You know, so continue to support him. If he continues to play well, you know, unless he goes out against Buffalo, and like I said, they're a great defense, so it's really hard for me to gauge. And I do want to stand corrected. They're playing Miami next week and then the Texans. But the point is still the same. Not great teams. Unless he goes out and throws like six interceptions, I don't really see how you can put Zach Wilson back in there. Obviously, if they beat Buffalo somehow, Mike White is definitely your starter for the next few games. So uh, we'll get into that later with, uh, you know, pickums and who we think is going to win. But, but as we kind of wrap up uh, some of the Jets talk here, I'm just curious. You know, we talk a lot about the quarterback, but I mentioned before Bill's offensive line is struggling. What is this Jets defense going to have to do? Or frankly, let's, we can explain it to both sides of the ball. What is someone, what is a position group or anything that's going to have to step up in this game to really help the Jets to have a victory here if they're going to have a chance to win? We talked about the quarterback, but it's the team game. So, Lou, let's start with you. I mean, listen, first of all, we're talking about a Jets defense that led 45 to the Colts. And now you're going up against the Bills offense that, yeah, they struggled last week. But at the end of the day, Josh Allen, probably a perennial MVP candidate for years to come, along with 
a pretty solid receiving core led by Stefan Diggs. So uh, a pretty, a pretty solid offense all around. So, I mean, I think everything starts with kind of getting pressure. You don't want to let Josh Allen get comfortable because if he's comfortable, one of the best in the game and everything kind of unravels from there. So, so I mean, I guess just target that old line because if you don't get pressure on Josh Allen, I'm not sure how you, how you stop that, stop that offense unless that offense stops themselves. Well, well, I mean, the Colts kind of dominated the Jets defense and all facets last week. Uh, Jonathan Taylor had a huge game. Carson Wentz had a really big game. Um, but I think Lou's right. Pass rush is going to be key. Um, the other Josh Allen last week for the Jaguars uh, made Josh Allen's life uh, pretty bad last week. And so I think the Jets have to use their interior uh, rush, which led by Quinn and Williams, which has been pretty good this year, uh, to pressure Josh Allen, force him out of the pocket, keep him contained. And don't let those wide receivers run wild. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think it's essentially going to come down to two things in this game. We mentioned Mike White. If the Jets are going to win, Mike White's going to have to have a big game. But number two, and you guys mentioned it, it's that pass rush. Frankly, I've been somewhat disappointed. The Jets' pass rush was actually one of their kind of their strengths first few weeks of the season. That D-line, especially in the, not even the pass rush, but the run game as well. And then essentially ever since that game against Tennessee, the Jets just have not been able to get home to the quarterback. They've been getting slanted to death by opposing team, a lot of short passes, a lot of screen passes, which, of course, negates a lot of that pass rushing time. So, look, I don't really know how the Jets can be able to overcome that. They're really going to need to step up in the pass rushing game. You're going to have to force Buffalo into long-distance situations. We're going to have to drop back and hold on to that football. Of course, that's going to all start with stopping the run. You stop the run, then you force them to pass. Josh Allen, of course, he should have been the MVP last year, in my opinion, and he's still one of the best quarterbacks in this league, despite some inconsistent performance. So, it's going to be stopped. It's going to be taught. Uh, excuse me. I'm having a, a stroke here. It's going to be tough to stop him. So the key is you got to get to Josh Allen. I don't know how you're going to do that. You mentioned the other Josh Allen. They're going to have to kind of copy his performance name to watch for the jets on the D line. You mentioned Quinn Williams. Well, I would throw out Jonathan Franklin Myers, who frankly has been their best D lineman over the last couple of years. There's a reason why he got that big contract extension. And frankly, he's pulling a Mo Wilkerson on us. He gets that big deal and he's not really showing up. So I would hope that, you know, Jonathan Franklin Myers can kind of step up here and, you know, kind of get to Josh Allen. But we'll see what happens on Sunday. Jets, Bills, MetLife Stadium should be a game. I'm looking forward to it. But let's move on to some other topics league-wide right now. And let's, let's touch on some news stories. There's really two big news stories in terms of signings this week. And you know what? Let's get started with the uh, less flashy one, I guess you could say, and that's Cam Newton and the Panthers. So, you know, earlier this week, uh, you know, over the last couple of days, Cam Newton signed a one-year deal with his old team, the Carolina Panthers. The deal's worth up to $10 million, including a 4.5 fully uh, 4.5 of that, excuse me, is fully guaranteed a $1.5 million roster bonus. So in comes Cam Newton going back to Carolina. Of course, he was cut by the Patriots earlier this year in light of the Mac Jones situation. Will, I'm sure you're well-versed with Cam Newton, at least the current version of Cam Newton. Um, look, Sam Darnold going to IR. P.J. Walker, who I like. I don't know. He's not, he does, he's not really the guy. This is a Panthers team that out of the gates looked like they could have been a playoff contender. Now they're spiraling. It does not look good. Players yelling at each other. Robbie Anderson wanted to kill Sam Darnold. I don't know what's going on down there. So, you know, Will, let's start with you because you, of all of us, you've probably seen Cam the most recently uh, over the last year. Yeah. What do you think of this signing? Do you really think it's going to do anything for the Panthers? And what are, what, what are the expectations for Cam? I mean, I don't really think there are 
that many expectations for Cam. When he came to the Patriots, we were kind of expecting a little bit more out of him. But the same old things came up, his injuries, his inability to throw down the field. Um, I, I don't have very high expectations for him in Carolina. Carolina is still in the playoff hunt in the NFC because the bottom of the NFC is just not very good this year. Um, but I, I don't think I don't see him making the playoffs with the Panthers. He's not even projected to start uh, next this week. So I, I don't think it's a significant signing. And I don't really think he regains that form that he had back in 2015 and 16. I, I just, I definitely think it's interesting. I mean, from the storyline alone, him going back to Carolina where he had his best years is kind of fun. But just the state of the NFC, because the Panthers at four and five, and at four and five with Sam Darnold, who having his worst career statistic, his year, worst year statistically, QB ratings, the worst it's ever been, lower than when it was in New York. And just especially that, you know, the past, I would say since week five, it has just been abysmal turning over the ball left and right hasn't been connecting with those receivers, especially Robbie Anderson. I know that when you say, when you say Sam Darnold is not connecting with his wide receivers, especially Robbie Anderson, that sounds awfully familiar to me, but go ahead. Right. And you say all that. And then it's, it's just more, whether it's PJ Walker or Cam Newton, and I kind of hope it's Cam Newton just because I think that would be a little more fun. But whoever it is, just just be serviceable and, and be better than Sam Darnold, which is not asking a whole lot. I look at the Tennessee Titans at seven and two. What are they getting from Ryan Tannehill? Not a crazy, not a crazy, not that much. There, he's basically a game manager there. With Derek Henry out, we'll see if things spiral out of control. They won last week, so so far it's all good. And the crazy thing is, they they might be a playoff team because the state of the NFC is basically you have these top heavy teams in the division. And then you have the Rams, who are the first wild card spot. And then the next two teams are that are projected or in the playoff picture right now. It's the Saints at five and four, and the Falcons at four and four. Panthers are a half game back of the Falcons at four and five. So the NFC is kind of a mess right now. You have a lot of three win teams. So the Panthers are kind of right there, which is like just play some decent football, and you might luck yourself into a playoff spot. It's kind of crazy to say that. Yeah. Look, I mean, I. I... I don't know. I, I just I don't I don't see it from this Panthers team. I mean, look, their defense is pretty good. They got some young guys on that side of the ball. They move fast. Of course, they brought in Stefan Gilmore, who had an interception in that game against the Patriots. So props to him. Look, I just think this Panthers team, I, I'm starting to question personally whether they have the right head coach for the job. You know, I, I don't really know uh, if that's really what's going on there. But when you look at the quarterback situation, you know, look. Darnold, like you said, Lou, has been underperforming all year long. He started off at the, at the gate strong. And then basically with that Dallas game going down the line, I mean, uh, excuse me, by the way, I should have said Matt Rule. I don't know why I just didn't say his name. But anyway, going, going down the line. You know what's funny? Uh, for any of our listeners out there who listen to WFAN, Matt Rule is a twin of Greg Giannotti, who's the host of Boomer and Geo in the morning. But I, I digress. Anyway, with uh, the, the Panthers, Sam Darnold not performing that well all year. So frankly, you know, you're bringing Cam here who I don't know how, what kind of shape he's in. I don't know if the playbook that they're running is frankly, uh, you know, comparable to what Cam used to run in Carolina or what he runs. Obviously they have Joe Brady up there as the OC. I don't really know what he's running. So we'll see what happens there. Look, I don't think the expectations to be crazy high. He's not going to start this week. Obviously we'll see what he does going forward. I don't think PJ Walker really is going to be like doing anything crazy either. I think it's just a nice narrative. You know, obviously he did so much for Carolina, probably the best quarterback in franchise history. I mean, obviously it's an expansion franchise, you know, past 25 years or so. So tamper that as you will. Um, but Hey, he took him to the Super Bowl, So I'm sure. I mean, I think Panther fans have to be happy that the guy's back at least. 
my whole thing is I just think the NFC is just too stacked. I, know, I mean, look, I can see what you're saying, Lou, and the fact that there's an outside chance at a wild card spot, but quarterback play is so important in this league. And I, I just Cam, I mean, with New England, I get they went seven and nine. He was, I mean, wasn't the quarterback for all those games, but the guy couldn't fi- throw a five yard out route. Like he, his shoulder is just so shot. I, I, I and the, the, the Panthers are a team that has DJ Moore, that has Robbie Anderson. You're going to want to throw the ball down the field. I don't see Cam being able to do that. So I, I don't know, Lou, if you have any thoughts on that. Well, yeah. I mean, I mentioned it just because it's kind of interesting, right? They're a half game out. That's not the team you expect to be that close to being in the playoff picture. And you're absolutely right. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I don't believe in them. I think there are a lot of, you know, three and six teams that are much in a much better position than the Panthers are. But I, you look at their offense, right? McCaffrey's played, what, three and a half games. So if he's back and he's able to stay healthy, that puts a little wrinkle into it. I like their receiving core. Love DJ Moore. I think Robbie Anderson had some trouble with drops, but being underutilized, basically. So, And then a, a decent defense, too. Shaq Thompson, I think, is a, a top 10 linebacker this year, according to PFF. So maybe they, they find a way in. But I am kind of with you, Mike, in the sense that it's, it's more of an, an outside chance than anything else. And whatever you get from Cam Newton will be nothing close to what you got from him in the prime. All I'll say is PFF rankings are some of the most garbage things that ever. <laughs> they literally, Jets, Colts, I only really Jeff fans are going to get this. The number one rated Jets player in that Colts game, according to PFF, was safety Ashton Davis, who if you watched him play, I should have been playing safety. And I've never played football in my life. I just love to watch it. I don't play football. So, like, it, well, I mean, like, you know, not for, like on a team, you yeah. know what I'm saying? But the point is, he was terrible. So, like, I don't, I don't get, like, how – it just makes no sense to me. But one last question as we kind of wrap up this, this Panthers part and then move on to the other big signing of the week. You know, the, the Panthers, somewhat surprisingly, you know, they, they, they exercised Darnold's fifth-year option coming into the year, which means that next year he's guaranteed to make, like, $18.5 million. Frankly, I don't care if he comes back healthy. You know, he's – Cam, I don't think he's going to win the job outright or anything. I mean, maybe he can. But the point is, now you're, now you're stuck with Darnold, and you're, you're paying him 18.5. I don't care what anyone says. Frankly, look, and I was a Sam defender while he was here, but I acknowledge it was time to move on. And frankly, I've just been more vindicated by his play down there. You know, even if Sam is healthy, which he's really never been throughout his career, he's always hurt. It, like, what do you do with him next year? I don't think you can come into the year with him as your, your bona fide starter. You know, obviously, this is a very tricky situation, what I'm about to mention. So take it as you will. But Deshaun Watson, there was names mentioned him, Panthers potentially going after him. Of course, you'd have to see what his legal situation is. Frankly, he probably shouldn't be allowed in the league again. But again, I don't know the facts of this, the details and what's being settled. I don't know what the course of the police investigation is. But is that a name? Like, to me, the Panthers are just not a team that can go back to next year with Darnold at quarterback. And I don't think Cam's going to be back next year. So, you know, I don't know if either of you guys have thoughts. What do the Panthers do going forward? I mean, first of all, like Donald's not, this is no longer like a rookie quarterback that you're still holding out hope for. This isn't a Zach Wilson situation where you still believe in Wilson. You're still going to give him that shot. This is a guy that is now in his fourth year and has just continued to fail in basically every situation since his first year. Uh, And no matter what system or situation he's thrown into, just continues to underperform, continues to, to fail the expectations that have been set for him. And I, this isn't a Panthers team that I would put into the straight-up rebuilding you know, phase. This isn't the Jets. I think you have prime Christian McCaffrey. You have this receiving core that's got a couple of elite receivers here. I don't think it's a team that can win a division, unfortunately, because you have the Bucs ahead of them. But 
with the right quarterback at the helm, I think this could be a perennial wild card team for a couple of years, especially if McCaffrey's healthy. So yeah, I don't see how you how you look at this situation and go, yeah, Darnold's your QB next year because the way he's played, especially since week five, tell me that there's not QBs out there right now in free agency or backup somewhere that could do better than what he put up in those from basically weeks five through nine. Yeah, that's that's all true, but I'm not really sure what other option they have, especially if they can't get Deshaun Watson and his legal troubles continue, uh, because there aren't really many bona fide starters out there available. There's only like 20 good quarterbacks in the league. And so you might have to go to the draft. And in the case that you do go to the draft, Sam Darnold still has to be your starter because you're probably not going to want to plug a rookie in immediately unless you absolutely have to. So the Panthers might have to stick with Darnold for one more year while they wait for another quarterback. Um, I don't think that's the worst thing in the world, but they'll just have to go one more year of mediocre football. It is the worst thing when you're paying him $18.5 million for a guy that's going to be your backup. That That's the worst thing. That's why the option thing made no sense. I will say this yeah. as we wrap it up. Aaron Rodgers to the Panthers, maybe? Who knows? <laughs> we never know. All right, but let's move on to maybe. our next signing here. OBJ, of course, this week, signing with the Rams. It seemed like it was coming down to the Rams or the Packers. Uh, right before we came on the show today, it turns out that you know what was turning him away from the Packers with the, was that they really wouldn't really go above that veteran minimum. So, you know, Odell this week signing a deal with the Rams worth up to $4.25 million, $500,000 signing bonus, uh, 750000 base salary, and then a $3 million team-based incentives in there as well. You know, doesn't seem like he's going to play this week. Obviously, he got here very late. They're, they're playing on Monday night, so that could give him a little bit of extra cushion, but I highly doubt he's going to play. So, you know what, Will, let's start off with you, and then, Lou, I want to hear your thoughts as well. Your initial reaction to the signing – and whether you think it was the right move for Odell to go to L.A. or maybe you should have gone to Green Bay instead. I kind of like it. I think the Rams probably have a better shot at the Super Bowl this year than the Packers. They have just a really well-constructed roster, stars on the defense, good O-line, good running back, good quarterback, good receivers. Um, and they just got Von Miller, so their defense can be even better. I think Odell, at this point in his career, he's not a superstar anymore, and he has to realize that he's not the number one option on this team. There are two guys ahead of him, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, on the depth chart. So I think if he can play kind of like an Antonio Brown role for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they can have a lot of success with him. And uh, I think they're not paying him that much, and I think this is his best shot at the championship if that's what he's really after. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a better move for the Rams than it is for Odell because – I mean, Odell on the Packers, I think, slides in pretty easily as that wide receiver, too. I think he jumps over Randall Cobb kind of right away. Um, yeah, he's the clear number three in this Rams offense. You don't put him ahead of Woods or Cup, who's been the best receiver in the league. Uh, and I, I like that parallel to Antonio Brown. And, you know, the Bucks made it work. They have Evans, Godwin, and Brown. And, they and you know, talk about a couple good tight ends. Uh, O.J. Howard, Rob Mankowski, they've made it all work. And Brown's gotten his targets. He's gotten... He's, he's gotten his catches, and, and the Bucs have won. I think those are the two big things, is that Odell needs to get some targets, and he needs to be on a winning football team, or else that's how problems arise. Kind of happened with the Giants. The Giants start to lose. Odell gets unhappy. He forces his way out of there. Browns, mediocre football, even when they're playing good. He's not getting the targets from Baker Mayfield, and he, he wants out of there. And it's kind of a thing of – you know, when he was really good, talent is a great perfume because you kind of dealt with all the extra stuff, punching the net or whatever. It's fine when he's racking up a thousand yard seasons, but when he's not, when he's not doing that, it kind of becomes an issue. So 
Well, I mean, we'll see. The Rams are a really good football team, so winning shouldn't be a problem. So I think the biggest thing is what is his target share going to be like? Yeah, I mean, look, I think the thing with Odell, and, well, I think you bring up a great point. He could be the AB, like what AB is for the, the Buccaneers. He could be that for the Rams. The problem is I think AB, who is a psycho, but I'll say this, he's bought into the Tampa Bay system. He's bought into his role. You really haven't heard a boo out of him. I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that Brady's there, keeping him quiet. You know, you don't, you don't, you don't talk out against Brady. I think Bruce Arians also a coach that has commanded that team. OBJ, on the other hand, and I think, like I said, AB bought in. OBJ, I even though I think we all agree he's not the guy he once was, we all agree he's not that same threat. In his mind, he still thinks he's, you know, Jerry Rice 2.0, you know, Randy Moss 2.0. He still thinks he's that guy. And the problem is, I personally think. He's going to L.A. He's going to be out there with his buddy, his buddy LeBron, who's going to be playing for the Lakers. So he'll be sitting courtside when the Rams aren't playing. You know, so he'll be out there. He, he still has very much of an ego. He's, I, I still think he's going to want the targets from Stafford. He's going to want to be the number one guy, even though he's not and he shouldn't be. Robert Woods, Cooper Cup have been there. They had a relationship with Stafford. They, and they had the relationship with McVay even longer. You know, OBJ is their number three receiver, like you guys both mentioned. I just – just, I'm very suspect of – the dynamics in the locker room and if he will be satisfied winning cures all the Rams win. So maybe that can help, but you know, look at his dad making those videos saying like, there's no targets. Like I could see that happening with LA. Like it's concerning to me. I don't really see it. You know, look, LA obviously was, they wanted to bring him in. So you would think if they really wanted him that bad, at least more than the Packers, they're going to make it work. I just don't know how likely it is to work. I'm a little suspect. Personally, I thought it made more sense for me to go to the Packers. I agree. I think LA is a better team. They have a better defense, more of a chance to win, I guess, this year. But the Packers, look, you were the clear number two if you go into with the Packers with Devontae Adams, and you definitely get your share of the targets. With LA, it's a little more murky, so I don't really know. Um, I'm not really sure. I, I'm, I, I get the move. I'll be interested to see what happens. But before we kind of move on to our – Fantasy segment with Will, I don't know if either of you guys have any kind of wrapping up thoughts. Just for me personally, I kind of think the Packers made more sense. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Again, it's just – it's the target share thing. There was a great quote from Kadarius Tony last week. They asked him, you know, how do you feel? He only got targeted once. Uh, and he's like, we won. It doesn't it, – I'm paraphrasing, right? But it, it doesn't matter. We won the game. Are you going to see that from Odell if the Rams win a great football game and he's only targeted once or twice, Right. Is that going to boil over and be a problem? Because, you know, there was no share of drama between him and Baker Mayfield. And I don't think that it's a coincidence that Baker Mayfield's stats are significantly better when Odell's not, not out there on the field. So, I mean, it's, it's just something to consider. I, I, hope it do, I hope it doesn't hurt the Rams because I do believe in the Rams as a good football team. I, I kind of like them as a great story. Stafford coming over there, having a chance to win. I like what they got going there. The Bucks made it work with Antonio Brown. I think Odell's a bit more of a trickier case. Will, any final thoughts? I think it's all about just making him have a level head within the system. I mean, AB was kind of like OBJ before he got to uh, Tampa Bay. He had a lot of issues with the Steelers and the Raiders, and a lot of them were off the field, but he had some on-field issues as well. Um, so I think it, it it's just – up to the Rams coaching staff to make him buy in. And if they're able to make him buy in, I think it could work. All right. I think those are all very valid points. So let's move on now before we get to our pickums. Got to get to that fantasy segment. So Will, that's your, why you're here. You're our man. Let's start off. Yep. I want to hear them. Let's start off with the stardom. So every week we get two stardoms. 
Will, who should we be starting this week in fantasy football? Well, I got a running back and I got a tight end. And so for the running back, I'm going to go with James Conner. Uh, James Conner obviously had a huge week last week. I don't think he's going to repeat that. I don't think he's going to get 40 points again. But Chase Edmonds out. Uh, they don't really have that much running back depth behind him. They might bring up a few guys from the practice squad. Uh, but he should get a very healthy uh, amount of carries. He'll probably end up with about 20 carries. And then even last week, he got five receptions. So I think he'll be active in the passing game as well. He has great red zone value. He has 10 rushing touchdowns in the last seven games. I don't think anyone expected him to be top three in the league in rushing touchdowns. So I, th I think he's a solid play. He's got a pretty good floor, uh, especially with some of the uh, Cardinals wide receivers banged up as well. And then for my tight end, I got Kyle Pitts. Um, Kyle Pitts had a really bad stretch to start the season. Two really good games. Last two games haven't been so great. Uh, but he commands six targets a game over the last five games. Calvin Ridley's out again. I don't really see any other players that Matt Ryan's going to be targeting heavily, except for maybe Russell Gage. Um, so I, I, Kyle Pitts has a really high ceiling as well. He's basically a receiver on the outside. When I've watched Falcons games, he's mostly lining up on the outside. He gets a lot of targets, gets a lot of opportunities for big plays. So uh, I, I like him starting at a tight end position this week. Uh, James Conner, Kyle Pitts, two great choices. I'll start off. I just want to say, my man, James Conner, on my fantasy team, I picked him up off the waiver wire uh, towards the beginning half of the year. My running back room is stacked. Look, now, I know no one cares about my fantasy team, but I'm just going to talk about it anyway because I don't really care. I have playoff Lenny. I have James Conner. Those are my depth guys. I have David Montgomery and Nick Chubb, all right? We are we are stacked at Team League. And we even got uh, the guy, uh, Williams, from Denver. I always forget his first name. And I'll say Miles Sanders, who's terrible, but that's yeah. not the point. So – James Conner, my guy, loved that performance last week, carried me to a victory. So from your mouth to God's ears, let's hope James Conner has another big week. And Kyle Pitts, you know, the first game went off in was against the Jets in Atlanta, in uh, London. Of course it was. So two good picks. Lou, what do you think? Well, I, I love the, the James Conner pick, man. For me, the one thing that was always holding him back was the, the Chase Edmonds factor. And, uh, you know, with him out, like him getting into the receiving game as well. And he's already been a touchdown machine, even when Edmonds is out there on the field. So, I love that. Absolutely. Bubba love to you to your RB2 in any lineup. That, that I love the Pitts move too. So you nailed the starts. All right. Well, Will, of course, just as important as deciding who to start is deciding who's going to ride the pine this week. So who is sitting? Who are your sit-ems? I got a running back and a wide receiver for the sit-ems. And my running back is going to be Antonio Gibson. Um, he was drafted pretty highly uh, in the beginning of the season, I think. Everyone had high expectations after he had a very good rookie season, but he's dealing with the stress fracture in the shin. He's kind of touchdown dependent. He's seeding carries to JD McKissick, who's been very active in the receiving game. And then they're going up against a really tough Bucks run defense this week. I just don't see any room for him to run this week. He might get 15 carries, but I don't really see him getting more than 60, 70 yards on the ground. He's a touchdown dependent play for me this week. And my receiver, I got Adam Thielen this week. Thielen, again, he, he's kind of a boomer bust player based on touchdowns. Um, he's got a, touchdowns in, a touchdown in three straight games, so it might be hard to sit him, especially if you're thin at the wide receiver position. But if you've got other wide receivers, I'd start him over Thielen. Uh, the only guy on the Vikings uh, offense uh, I would trust, aside from Dalvin Cook, is Justin Jefferson uh, as a receiver. Um, Chargers have a pretty good secondary, too. they got some good corners. 
And I, I just don't think Thielen has enough targets to garner a start this week. Two very solid sit I appreciate the thought and expertise put into those. Look, Adam Thielen coming out this week very much against the taunting rule. Maybe the refs are going to try to stop him from racking up some points as a little retribution. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. Well, actually, do we know anymore? Because Tony Corinthian decided to hip check someone on the Bears. I, I, that was, you know what? <laughs> yeah. We didn't do a segment on that. But I'm just going to talk about it right now. We're just going to talk five seconds about that Tony Corrente, who's the worst ref in the NFL, hip-checking a Bears player and then throwing the flag. What are we doing? That was that was like like stuff you would see in Goodfellas. Like they talk about, oh, we have a number <laughs> shaving scheme up in uh, at UMass. The mafia is paying them off to hip, hip-check somebody. Now, look, I don't want to insinuate that anyone's doing anything illegal, that anyone's being paid off. I'm sure Tony's on the up and up. That being said, He's a moron. He's an idiot, and he needs to be fined immediately. Players get fined for dumb crap. I run a podcast, so I can say that. So the that was just the most obs- – the guy was literally trying to run around him, and he, like, sticks his butt out like he's Beyonce, right right, right into the guy to Marsh, that guy, the practice squad guy, who's a, making a big play. I can't get over that. I don't, do you guys have any thoughts before we finish? Because that was ridiculous. Do we have any thoughts on this fan- – before we continue the fantasy? Listen, I'm I'm gonna hold back on uh I don't wanna make any allegations against the, the Pisons and Arthur Avenue. So I'm gonna hold back on, on the mafia talk. But yeah, that that that's that's a pretty egregious flag, man. And uh I've just been cold on, on Thielen all year. I've actually got a Vikings fan sitting right across from me, and I just don't trust the Vikings. I don't trust the Vikings offense, man. It's too it's too sketch. KJ Osborne, I've been hot and cold on him too. I just don't trust I don't trust Kirk Cousins, first and, first and foremost, and, and then that goes to those receivers. So I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. I don't trust anyone aside from Dalvin or Justin. And I, I, I'm also against the uh, the taunting rule. I think some of them are really soft, and I, I don't like that flag thrown. Look, uh, I'm against Tony Corrente. The guy's one of the worst refs in NFL history. The number <laughs> of times this clown has screwed the Jets over with an awful call. How about Atlanta? <laughs> Earlier this season, they called Quincy Williams roughing the passer. What do you want to do? It was literally, and we're going way back here, but like, uh, it's just, I don't look it up, people. Quincy Williams roughing the, it was literally like, it was the most clean tackle I've ever seen in my life. Tony Crenti's a moron. He's an idiot. Whatever. Let's let's get back on track here. I apologize. Let, this is what happens when you put me on the show. I like to bring the energy to bring the passion. Will, let's yeah. go in here. Of course, what makes or breaks a fantasy team is that sleeper pick. So who is your sleeper for this week? So my sleeper, I was debating putting him in the stardoms as well, but I, I picked him as a sleeper. It's Mike Williams. Uh, Mike Williams is probably the ultimate boom-bust player uh, in fantasy right now. He had like a super hot streak of four games to start the season. He had 20-plus points in like four straight games. And now, last three or four games, he's, he's gotten single digits. He's gotten only five targets. But I think the upside's there. They're playing Minnesota. They have a very bad secondary. I think Justin Herbert he has had a rough time passing the ball if he's not able to get it to Mike Williams. They've had a couple of losses where Williams wasn't targeted enough. And I think he's got the ability to just take the top off the defense. He catches one long ball, 60-yard touchdown. That just makes your fantasy that makes your fantasy week. So I think if you have Mike Williams, you start him this week. As a guy that does have Mike Williams, I know exactly <laughs> what you mean. I've been, I've been going through it myself. So, I mean, listen, I still continue to start Mike Williams because it, it's just so the, – the upside is, is so great. And you love that 
the, the upside of the Chargers offense in general. I love Justin Herbert. I continue to believe in Justin Herbert, and especially you nailed it, the Minnesota defense. It, it, it should be a good week for Mike Williams, but we won't know until it actually happens. <laughs> I'll just say I, I appreciate the pick, uh, Will, but I have to say as someone that has Keenan Allen, yeah. I really hope that he does not have a mm. good game because that would probably <laughs> yeah. mean that Keenan Allen does not have a big game. But great stuff. Really appreciate the stardoms, the sit the sleepers. Hopefully a listener out there benefits from this fantasy advice. So look, it's that part of the show, the sh- part of the show that everyone loves. It's time for the Pick'ems segment of the week. We're going to run down the slate of NFL games here, talk about everything that we got going on, and let's get started with the game that I will, of course, be paying the most attention to, and that is the Buffalo Bills at the New York Jets, a battle of AFC East rivals. Lou, let's start with you. Uh, listen, as much as I would love to see Mike White go down as the greatest Jets quarterback in history after <laughs> he defeats the Buffalo Bills, uh, I think I am going to go with the Bills. After losing to the Jags, there's no way that they haven't been practicing their ass off all week. Like, and they're going to come motivated, ready to play. They're not going to underestimate the Jets. They're going to make sure they play clean football, so I am going to ride the Bills. Look, I've over the years at FUV, I have picked a lot of Jet games. I've tried positive manifestation. I've tried reverse mushing by picking the other team. I've tried abstaining from picking at all, hoping that means they would win. Every time I'm on a show where I have to pick a Jet game, doesn't matter what I do, they always lose. I, I, I challenge someone to go back and look at any of the shows I've ever done, one-on-one, NFL Friday, anything, and find a time where I, it doesn't matter what I said, where the Jets then won that game. So knowing that whatever I say, they're still going to lose. Why not just be positive? So let's hit him with the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. <laughs> and Mike Epping White is going to win the game this week. Jet up. I'm picking the Jets over the Bills. I'm sorry. I, I have to do that. Okay. Thank you, for, thank you for bearing with me. All right. Next game. Let's get into the games that I don't care as much about, but I can be more rational this way. Let's start off Tampa Bay at Washington. Will, who do you got? I got Tampa Bay. Uh, I don't. Washington's not having a very good season. Their defense hasn't been very good either. And I'm a Tom Brady fan, Patriots fan, but also a Tom Brady fan, so I'm going Bucks this week. Fair enough. Yeah. I, I go Bucks as well. I just don't don't believe in Washington at all. It's kind of been a disappointment all of the year. I'm happy about it as a as a Giants fan, but yeah, Tampa I think wins this one pretty easily. All right, fair enough. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Tampa. Look, Washington has frankly been somewhat of a disappointment this year. I mean, I don't think they were gonna be a Super Bowl contender, but a pesky excuse me, pesky team that you know maybe could could uh, cause some disruption in the division. Unfortunately, it does not look like it's going to happen this year. Give me Tampa as well. All right, next up, Atlanta at Dallas. Blue, who do you like? It hurts to say, uh, but I, I think I am going to ride with Dallas. I know they they lost last week. They didn't play well, but at the end of the day, there's too much talent on that Dallas team, and I simply do not believe in Atlanta, especially with Calvin really out. So I think Dallas will. Fair enough, Will. All right, I'm going to go with Dallas as well. Uh, they're going to get their run game going against Atlanta again. They've got so many good pass catchers. Dak is back. I don't see Dallas losing this game. Okay, good pick. Good pick. I'm going to have to go with Dallas as well. 
very disappointing game for them last week against Denver. Did not see that one coming. They're probably going to go out with a vengeance today. Look, their defense isn't anything special, but they're a much better team than Atlanta. Give me Dallas. All right, next up, New Orleans at Tennessee. Lou. Uh, to me, this is one of the tougher games on the slate. I, I don't know how to read Tennessee with Derrick Henry out. They should be falling apart, but they just continue to win. All right, so I'm just, I'm just going to ride with them. Tennessee, I guess they, they just stay hot. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go Tennessee, too. Uh, New Orleans, Trevor Simeon starting. Alvin Kamara's banged up. Um, I think Ryan Tannehill's good enough, and I think A.J. Brown's going to have a really good game, so I'm going to go Tennessee. Yeah, look, I mean, for me, excuse me, you know, I, it doesn't matter who I pick. Uh, it always seems, uh, you know, I, I, I don't like to pick with the – I like to be a little different, a little contrarian, so I don't want to pick Tennessee, uh, but I'm going to have to. I'm going to go with Tennessee as well. Trevor Simeon. Once upon a time, a Jets quarterback, not that great. So uh, I don't really trust him in this game. I think New Orleans is a very inconsistent team. Give me Tennessee. I was impressed by their win against the Rams. All right, next up, Jacksonville, Indianapolis. Will? Um, I have to go with Indianapolis on that one. Jacksonville had a very impressive win last week, but Indy's just too good, both sides of the ball. They got a great running game. Carson Wentz has been looking good. Got to go, Indy. You give, you, you give credit to, to Jacksonville for beating the Bills, and it's a, it's a cool win, but I think it might have been the Bills beating themselves more than anything else, so I, I ride Indianapolis. Once again, I, I don't want to do it, but I'm going to have to. Give me an Indianapolis. Jacksonville, I don't think, is a very good team. Great win, but it was, a you know, like a, they scored nine points. I mean, it's, I can't get excited over a, a team that scores nine points in a win. So, hey, give me uh, give me Indianapolis as well. I think they ha- maybe have some momentum coming off that jet game. All right, next up, Detroit at Pittsburgh. Blue. It would please my heart. Nothing nothing would be better <laughs> more than to see the Lions win at least one game for their head coach. And it might as well be this one. I don't like Pittsburgh. Don't believe in them. So why not the Lions? Let's take Detroit. Well, uh, I got to go with Pittsburgh. Uh, their defense is too good for the Lions to overcome. Uh, I think Ben Roethlisberger, he's not very good anymore, but he's good enough. I, I think the Steelers take this one. Look, I think at some point the Lions will start biting off people's kneecaps, but it will not be today. If this game was in Detroit, I might actually give the go with you on that one, Lou, but I'll have to go with Pittsburgh as well. I just think they're the better team. And, you know, Heinz Field is not an easy place to play. All right, next up, Cleveland at New England. We'll save our Patriots fan. For last, so let's go with Lou first. Uh, I ride Cleveland, an impressive win uh, after releasing Odell. I think I think they stay hot against a New England team that simply just isn't that good. Yeah, so I'll go next, so we'll save the Patriot fan for last. Uh, I was actually going to put New England, but then I remembered I hate New England, so I'm not going to ever pick them <laughs> in the game. So I'm going to go with Cleveland. They're a good team. Go Brownies. All right, well done. Uh, I'm going with New England. Uh, contrary to what Lou said, I think they are a very good team. <laughs> I think this Patriots team is coming together at the... <laughs> I think they're coming together at the right point. I think Mac Jones was definitely the better decision instead of to stick with Cam Newton. I think Mac Jones is looking really good. I think their wide receiver room is good enough. They're going to run the ball. They're going to play good defense. I think they can force Baker into a few mistakes. Uh, I'm going to go with New England on this one. Okay, fair enough. you got to support the team. I will say this. New England, I think, is actually somewhat decent. I actually think they might be able to – I didn't think this was going to happen early in the season, but I think they might be able to give Buffalo a run for their money with the division. We'll see. Maybe a wildcard team. All right, next up, Minnesota at the Chargers. 
Will. I'm going to go with the Chargers. Uh, I trust Justin Herbert more than Kirk Cousins. I also think the Chargers have slightly better weapons and maybe a slightly better defense. Neither of their defenses is very good. This could be a shootout, but I, I like Justin Herbert in this one and the Chargers. Minnesota is the epitome of a painfully mediocre team. If you could hear the screams of my dear friend, Aaron, <laughs> you could hear him down the hall whenever he's got the bike on. So listen, the Chargers are just a better team. We're riding Mike Williams, obviously, fantasy sleeper of the week. So the Chargers are going to ball out. Mm -hmm. Let's do it. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Chargers as well. They're just a uh, far better football team. You know, Minnesota, you know, you'd be purple too if you were choking for 50 years. That's that's an old NFL meme I saw a long time ago. But uh, hey, give me the Chargers. All right, next up, Carolina at Arizona. Will. Uh, I'm going to go Arizona. I think Carolina's starting P.J. Washington this week. They can't win with P.J. Washington. And even if Colt McCoy is going again for Kyler Murray, I'd still pick the Cardinals. Yeah, Arizona's just a, just a better football team. I, I don't believe in Carolina this week. Maybe if they start Cam Newton sometime, sometime down the line, I'll, I'll maybe buy into them a little bit just for the story. But for now, Arizona. Well, the fact that Will called him P.J. Washington should tell you all that you need to know because whether his name is actually P.J. Washington or P.J. Walker as it is, uh, it's P.J. Walker, an XFL quarterback who I don't trust. Well, I don't blame you. I, I don't blame you at all. Yes. This is not a winnable game for Carolina. Give me Arizona. I do not blame you for not knowing. <laughs> messing up the name. All right, next up, Philly at Denver. Uh, I do go. I go Denver here. I just I can't force myself to buy into Philly at all. Jalen Hurts is good, but outside of that, I just besides the fact that I can't root for Philly, I can't buy into them. I, I do. I believe in Denver just a little bit more, so I'll take them. Well. Yeah, I'm going to go Denver, too. They beat the Cowboys last week. They got a good defense despite losing Von Miller. Um, I, I trust Teddy Bridgewater. I, I think Denver's going to take this one. Yeah, give me the Eagles. Uh, I think these two teams are not that good, but, hey, this is my chance to be a contrarian. I don't know. They, they gave the Chargers a run for their money last week. Maybe they can build on that, make a flower symbology reference i don't know the Sirianni talked about fertilizer i don't i don't know what's going on in philly there's something about football teams that wear green and white that means they're not very good i, I don't know what's going on but i'll take philly all right next up seattle at green bay you got one quarterback whose finger is bent sideways another one who takes medical advice from joe rogan so let's see what happens russ is definitely going to play aaron Rodgers probably is going to play but may not so i don't know what's going to happen there lou what do you think Oh, I'll take the the more certain quarterback play, which is Russell Wilson. We know he's going to play. He's coming back. Seattle's missed him dearly. And with the, the Aaron Rodgers thing kind of up in the air, I'm going to take the safe pick. I ride Seattle. Will. I'm going to go with Green Bay. Um, before he tested or he got contact traced on Packers, I think Aaron Rodgers was on a really good tear. Uh, Seattle, Russell Wilson had a hand injury. He's been out the last couple of games. They don't have a good defense. Packers, surprisingly, do have a good defense. They held the Chiefs to like 13 points. So I, I think the Packers can take this one. Uh, yeah, if the guy who said he's been uh, quote-unquote immunized uh, isn't playing, definitely give me C uh, Seattle. I, I, I was not impressed at all with Bryce uh, Love 
uh, last week. Just not not a very good quarterback. Uh, yeah, just give me uh, give me Seattle in this one, assuming that Rodgers does not go. All right, next up, Sunday Night Football, Kansas City at Las Vegas. Uh, Lou. They've done it before, and they will do it again. The Raiders are beating the Chiefs. The Chiefs are in just a bad, bad, bad spot. And I'm all in on Vegas coming in here and, and just beating their division around. All right, fair enough. Well, well, I would have picked Vegas, but I think Kansas City is going to take this one because they need this win. Kansas City needs this win. Uh, I don't think the Raiders have enough on defense to slow down Patrick Mahomes. I know Mahomes hasn't been his usual self this season, but I think he can get back on track uh, this weekend. I don't think Las Vegas' secondary can keep up with those receivers, Kelsey and Hill. I think Mahomes has a big game. This is his turnaround. Uh, well, first up, before I get my pick, I would like to apologize. I said uh, Bryce Love. I meant to say Jordan Love. But once again, just like with P.J. Walker, I think it tells you all you need to know about the play of the quarterback uh, in the previous pick. But let's talk. Let's look at this one, Kansas City at Vegas. Uh, Kansas City, I of all the teams this year, none have surprised me more than, than the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't know what is going on with them. I mean, look, the defense has been terrible. But the offense, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, I don't know what's going on with him. I don't know if it's the fact that he's got a moron for a brother. I, I don't know what, what his issue is, but they are just, I don't know. It's my, it's my detriment. I, I have Travis Kelsey. He was my first round pick. Well, I'm eight and one, so who cares? Mm. But the point is, I don't know what's going on in Kansas City. The Raiders, they just look pretty decent at times. It's it's in Vegas. It's not an arrowhead. I think makes a difference. So give me the Raiders for that Sunday night football matchup. And then finally, the Monday night football game, Rams at 49ers. Luke. I, I'm, I'm sticking with the Rams. The Rams are a really good football team. I think, in my mind, they're the NFC's best football team, so I, I take them over the nine. Yeah, I'm going to go Rams big. Uh, the 49ers' defense was supposed to be the trademark of this team, but their secondary has been a patchwork this season. I think Cooper Cup, Robert Woods have a big game. Matthew Stafford's much better quarterback than whoever San Francisco's starting. Um, I, I think the Rams went by a lot. I'm going to take the Rams as well. They're just far, the far better team, you know, San Francisco, I just don't think it's very good. So that's going to do it for our Pick'em segment. That is going to do it for our show. So thank you so much for joining us. You can listen to NFL Friday every week on iTunes, Spotify, WFUVsports.org, or wherever you get your podcast for Lou Orlando and Will DeFusco. I'm Michael Legan. Thank you once again for joining us on this edition of NFL Friday. NFL Friday is a production of WFUV Sports.